5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Minute Man in a song, but they've never been a 90-Minute Man, TJ. No, I don't, I don't recall. You know what you and I are here today? 90-Minute Men. 90-Minute Men? But we're Minute Men. Massachusetts. Exactly. Welcome in. Every, that's what I, exactly what I was thinking. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson and a uh, rather uh, working blue today, TJ Long. Is this a precursor of the next 90? I kind of hope so, in a way. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's February sweep, so why not go a little outlandish to get those uh, TV ratings? Draw them in. There you go. Uh, thank you all for being with us here. We are back uh, in uh, the flesh inside of the uh, ECU Hall of Fame uh, here at the uh, William Smith uh, Complex, the uh, add-on edition, uh, just outside of Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. And uh, we are getting ready for... Uh, uh, a matchup tonight that the Pirates, quite frankly, uh, should win, and uh, I hope they will because uh, you know, I haven't been really disappointed in the season, per se, other than I really was disappointed after the game on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that is a winnable game, and you should have won the basketball game. So as we bring TJ Long in, uh, Patrick Johnson with you here. Ben Byron back in the studios. Uh, our guy, CJ Powell is running around here somewhere. The mayor of Mingy's, as I like to call him, because he can get into every uh, nook and cranny uh, as about as well as anybody who's ever been in this building. So uh, he's uh, pretty good at that, and he's a guy that uh, I guess has probably been coming here since he was knee-high to Pirate Al. So he's uh, he's a guy that uh, a lot of them have uh, known for years. So I think it's just you know normal that CJ kind of wanders around here. Yeah, they pro- he probably doesn't need any credential or anything. They just let him in. He doesn't. Yeah, he does. I don't know. I, I don't know if I just outed him on uh, public airwaves, but uh, he basically can kind of go where he comes, uh, come and goes as, as he pleases, and Pete and does it with a smile. That's the great thing too. Yep. Uh, so uh, CJ Powell's wandering around here somewhere. Uh, our uh, crew. It was a cast of thousands to get us up and running here today. So we appreciate everything they have done. Uh, including uh, Derek Alford, Michael Busimi, and uh, Dan Miller. So thanks to everybody uh, as far as that goes. TJ and I will be with you until 6.30 tonight as we're leading you into uh, network coverage of ECU and UCF. More details on that coming up in a, a little bit. Uh, but as we uh, look ahead, we're going to have uh, Cy Seymour stopping by, uh, I would presume, in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, network analyst will probably have, uh, or we will have Brian Mull. Uh, I know Brian was going to be in the triad area tonight, but he's going to join us telephonically, uh, we hope. And then uh, looking forward to talking to in the uh, 6 o'clock hour, that half hour till 6.30, C. Austin Cox. He's with the AAC Daily Podcast. Monday through Friday covers uh, everything in the American. We're going to talk uh, probably, I would presume, a lot about what's going on with uh, Boise in the Mountain West and adding that uh, additional football member. Uh, but uh, looking forward to having uh, him on. That'll be a very informative uh, half hour. So we've got that for you uh, coming up as we bring C.J. Long in here. I know you've talked to uh, uh, T.J. Long. <laughs> too many initials. There's too many. As we have T.J. Long here. Um, 
I know you've had a chance to talk to uh, to Coach Dooley, and uh, yeah. he, he does feel pretty good where this team is despite the performance Saturday. Yeah, I think you know they're they're a little bit behind where he where he would like for them to be as you know getting into the season with the uh, you know starting out with all the injuries and that and trying to bring him along. But um, I mean, he feels they're getting better, and uh, you know, I mean that's that's all you can ask for. Where when you reboot a team, it's just hey, every time we go out, we just need to make incremental improvements, and we keep doing that. And um, you brought it up earlier. Tonight is one of those games where I think you take that incremental yeah. step up. Well, I really feel like, you know, Saturday and road games are tough to win. Yeah. Uh, especially when you don't have a tradition, when you don't have a culture. Uh, not to say there is not one now, but Joe's building that. I mean, it's literally he's building this foundation yeah. from the foundation up because there's just not, there's never been anything here. The closest would be maybe his short tenure here, which should have been longer. Uh, and you can maybe make an argument for Bill Harian. Uh, beyond that, there's really not been a whole lot of culture foundation here at any point. So this is a true. This isn't even a reclamation project. This is a <laughs> right. building. We're building the neighborhood brand new. Yeah, there is uh, no we're back. Really. Right. There's no we're back involved in any of this. <laughs> My point is, when you're building a program or establishing a program, as the case is more aptly here, I believe you have to do some landmark things. One of them is win a road game uh, that you should win. And that sounds like a very small thing. But uh, if you've not had that level of of success, uh, it is important to be able to win games on the road in this uh, conference. And a great chance did slip away. Tonight, in my opinion, this is another one of these, you need to be able to win the game. Because at home, I really think you are the better team than UCF. Now, UCF's great defensively. They're game over, 500. I get the Pirates are, a gay, are four games under on the year, and, uh, you know, you have won one more game in the conference than them, so it's it's not like either one's, you know, dominated in conference play. But in this building here tonight, you should win this game. Yeah, this is a very winnable game. Um, you got to protect, you know, your home floor. You hear it said all the time. Uh, they're the guys they've been on the road and they've had to do the traveling and, and do all of that kind of thing and these are our rims our goals all that stuff so you know this is where we need to shoot better we need to play better at our place than what we allow them to do really joe dooley talked about uh, tonight's matchup with us a little earlier uh this is uh, cut seven and uh, why don't we get that queued up and ready to go ben this is uh, joe dooley talking about the matchup with ucf very good defensively. Obviously, their numbers show it. Uh, it's one of Johnny's staples. You know, Coach Dawkins has always made sure they're very good defensively. Colin Smith, I think, is one of the better frontline players in our conference. Versatile. You know, DeJesus is experienced. You know, they brought in a couple grad transfers. Ingram's a good player. Matt Milan's a guy that can really shoot the ball. So they've got some battles. Got to play defense tonight, TJ. Uh, one thing that UCF does do, they're going to guard you. But the other thing that they uh, do... Uh, is not shoot the ball terribly well. In a, in a way, they're a lot like ECU offensively, <laughs> yeah. in a way. Uh, they are coming into this one having lost uh, three in a row, and uh, overall they have lost eight of ten. Coming off a game against South Florida on the road in Tampa at the Sundome where they lost 64-48. to 48. So they've got a kid or two back from that Sweet 16 team of a year ago that narrowly lost to Zion and Duke. They brought in some grad transfers. So it is a little bit of a... Uh, transition year, if you will, for Johnny Dawkins, uh, maintenance year perhaps. Uh, but, uh, you know, they started the season 9-2 and two and have had a lot of struggles ever since. Yeah, when they, like you mentioned, they, they've lost the last three in a row um, here. And, uh, you know, he lost a lot off of that that Sweet 16 uh, team. And, of course, his, his son played 
uh, so well going through the tournament to help advance them and 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 that. But yeah, you gotta you gotta really take care of of, of business. They're they are a mirror, I think, of of what we're like. They don't shoot it that great or have it, and um, and play with good effort and tough. And that's the that's the mark of you know Johnny Dawkins is a good coach. Coach Dooley's a good coach. And so when you got guys that you know, aren't making the shots, they still go and try to do other things to help give their team a chance to win. Well, Tulsa right now has a half-gade lead over Houston in the uh, American uh, and Cincinnati, for that matter. Memphis uh, and SMU are sitting there at 6-3 and three in fourth place right now. Uh, then Wichita, then USF, ECU, uh, with uh, games remaining against South Florida. So uh, an opportunity to uh, try to uh, try to get over uh, top of them in the seeding process. Temple at 3-7, and seven, UConn at 2-6. Uh, and six. And then you have UCF and Tulane at two and seven. So you really did kind of a little, little bit of an opportunity slip away on Saturday where you could have separated yourself a little bit. Now you're a little closer to this gaggle at the bottom of three and two win conference teams at this point. So uh, the USF win is going to be a big one uh, in the head to head. And uh, should it come down to that? But uh, again, tonight you just need to win because a, a loss here not only would, it'll be bad as far as standings go, but I, I really kind of worry. You know, there's been a lot of excitement about the team this year. The crowds have been good. Where does that go in February if you lose this game here tonight that a lot of people, you know, would expect you to win here at home? Yeah, and that's an important key. And you go back to the tradition and you go back to the the building and and those types of things. People want to be around, you know, a team that goes out and plays hard and and wins. And, um, you know, ECU, we've never been able to really, really sustain that for – any uh, period, length of time. But you look here at the American Athletic Conference, that, that does give us a, a great chance. It gives us a chance to be on TV and a, and a great chance to mm-hmm. get our brand out there. And, and if, as Coach Dooley builds it, it, it should be because of the, the conference that should, you know, he'd be able to do it pretty pretty quickly if he can get it turned around and win some games. You uh, and I were talking before we went on here, Jaden Gardner has been spectacular this year, quite obviously. Uh, didn't have one of his best games, uh, but uh, he, you know, didn't get a, a ton of help. But, you know, Jaden plays so hard. He's such a big leader uh, for this uh, team. And I think his emerge is kind of the emotional leader as, as well. I expect him to bounce back in a big way tonight. Yeah, I've... Uh, I would bet they probably look to go to him early and often, get him back on track because, you know, we really need that. He's the he's the emotional leader. But, you know, when when you're struggling to score points, Jaden's the one who, for two years now, he's been the one that can go get them and, and can keep us in, in game. So, yeah, I bet they would run some sets for him to get him the ball early and let him get back on track and get going. Trevon Robinson-White played his best game, obviously, uh, at least scoring the basketball. But he also did some other things I thought were real nice against uh, Temple that you can build on. Uh, here tonight, TJ. What did you observe from the the dandy little point man, the sophomore? Well, yeah, I think it, you, what you're seeing is you're seeing his confidence grow a little bit, and and you know, point guard is a tough position. It's the toughest position on the on the court, in my opinion. Um, it's the quarterback of the team, and so you know, uh, you, you can come down and you can be made to look really bad if guys aren't setting screens on time, if they're not running the offense right, the the four man down there doesn't know what play we're running and those types of things. And all of a sudden you're the you're out there in front handling the ball with somebody bearing down on you and, you know, you're having to all of a sudden start um you know, freelancing and doing that yeah. type of thing. So it looked to me like he was able to he's gaining some confidence and being able to go and, and, and make some strong decisions and then go go with it once he makes them. What about what he has done so far has impressed you? 
Well, I like how he is. He's he's growing into that position. I like how he distributes uh, distributes the basketball. Um, his awareness. Uh, go back uh, several games ago, Tristan Newton's where he you know he drove, and I know we had the, the play designed and set up, but he makes a tremendous pass to get the ball out to him. So his his court awareness and his being able to see the floor, and he makes plays like that 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 aren't accidental. He's seeing the floor, and learning now where the guys are, and he's starting to get the ball to them. The other uh, thing is uh, it's uh, the Patrick Johnson show here from Minji's today. Uh, TJ Long is alongside uh, Patrick Johnson with uh, you. PJ, TJ, and CJ here reporting uh, today from uh, we outside Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. Uh, areas that uh, he's going to have to you know spend the next month growing and improving on, and then you know take that to the off season. Well, yeah, I mean you know had a good game shooting uh, last game, so. You know, that's always an area that, that we need the, the guards to be able to, to handle the ball and shoot the ball. And if you can do those two things, you have a great shot of uh, great shot of winning. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, Cy Seymour joins us here at our uh, table location inside the ECU Athletic Hall of Fame. A uh, special edition leading into network coverage here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll be back. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> a, I'm giving TJ a hard time. That's a Booger McFarlane obvious. That was a little bit of a... That, uh, that was a little Booger if we McFarlane. Make, if we make 15 threes, we'll win tonight. Right. I'm just going to go no ahead joke. and say it. No I'm with you. <laughs> It's TJ Long. Cy Seymour is here. You know, Cy, I, I was getting ready. I got a game Saturday. I was talking to the coach today about it. And he used the, the term YKP. No, let me, I didn't get that right. KYP, KIP. Know your personnel. Does Joe Dooley really know his personnel this late in the season? Usually you know. This oh, late yeah, in the he knows his personnel. You so is he it. a little concerned about, I guess, because it seems like we don't know what's going to happen from night to night sometimes with this team. <laughs> and, and even young teams this time of year, you kind of have an idea. Well, they're young, but you know you know your personnel. You know their strengths. You know their weaknesses. And, and the truth is, he's getting a lot out of a young group. I mean, he really is. And so Joe's got him right. I, okay. I, I don't worry about him at all. My gosh, this is one of the best staffs I've seen. No, I, really I'm not worried about the staff. I'm just, you know, they're so up and down. Like I, just, that's, that's what freshmen and Saturday was do. so frustrating because, you know, and there were other, I mean, there were factors, and you talked a little bit about it off the air, but, I mean, it just, it, it seemed to me that there was, the, the Temple was ripe for the picket. Well, but you've got a senior, 6'8", Quinton Rose, that's going to be a pro. He's 6'8", and a swing guy. You get in a little foul trouble. You don't have backup people to come in and guard him. He gets 20 in the second half. You did all you could do. And the other part of it is, uh, you had, they had, we were talking about this, too. Somebody steps up and hits threes. The, you know the big kid from 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 Grimsley right. from Greensboro had fourteen, and he hit threes. And you, you know that's what ha- can happen uh, in college basketball. Cy so Seymour joins us uh, here, Coach Dooley, walking in uh, right now. I think Coach Dooley, the best, did. I'm beat, just telling you, man. He just did beat the rain. I think I'm glad he did. Yeah, he just did beat the rain. Uh, we probably should have asked him, but what uh, health wise, how's this team right now? I think they're pretty good. I think they're they're pretty good. I think uh, Tyreo can go tonight. Can go tonight. I, I, I yeah, think okay. he'll go tonight. So we well, should. And you be, didn't have him the. I mean, you made a great made a big point. Difference. You didn't have him the other day, and that made a that made a huge difference. Sure, because because I'm telling you, Brandon Suggs is playing great, but he he draws the six eight kid. He gets two quick personals, and you don't have Tyree to bring in for him. That's just part of what you go through in college basketball. 
that we saw we were talking earlier about the about the the, the players being young and two that we um, that we were talking about earlier with Charles Coleman. Talk about his development, the things that you're seeing out of him, how he's developing. You, you know, you look at the stat sheet; he's av- averaging uh, two and a half points and almost four rebounds. While that doesn't jump out off the stat sheet, just talk about his development, what you see out of him. Yeah, he he is like night and day. He's gotten so much better. And I, in fact, when I came in today, the first thing he's in there working, and I said, "Man, you're just getting better and better." He's getting more aggressive, but what he does more, than he he's beginning to be a little bit more of a rim protector. And that's important for this program. The problem is you lost your other two big men, so you don't have – and I give credit to Baruti. He's coming in at six seven and backing him up and doing a pretty darn good job. But Coleman's playing well. He's a freshman, man. He, he's young. He's not had to do this before. Uh, give him credit. These kids are playing really good right now. Sorry, uh, how is it that uh, this – they got off such a good start, UCF did, 9-2. and two. They got a lot of new faces on the roster, but they've really hit the skids here the last ten games. Right. Not played well. What what aren't they doing that they were doing earlier in the year? Probably a tougher schedule now. That's part of it. Yeah, and and, and really, they lost eighty percent. It's kind of like what we're doing. <laughs> they lost eighty percent of everything: minutes played, offense, defensive rebounding, offensive rebound. They lost eighty percent free throw shooting. That's what they lost. So they're trying to get it together, too. Now, uh, they've come up, and, and this is what they did. They got Ingram, who from Alabama, who averaged nine a game at Alabama, and he's averaging eight for them. He's a six-six forward that can really play. They got a shooter from uh, William & Mary that's good, Millen. But their kids are uh, – they're all – they're non-starters, but they're good players. Look, Colin Smith can play. He's 6'11", averages 12 a game. Uh, Jesus is a good guard, been there forever. Uh, so this team has pieces, and they're playing like nine, ten guys, fourteen minutes or more. So it's not a bad ball club. It's like everybody else; they're just trying to figure it all out. Because, they, like you said, TJ, they replaced, and that's what they're doing. They're they're replacing kids, and some are hot, and some are not. And that's and look, look who they lost. They lost Chad Brown, who was a six nine great big man. They lost Aubrey Dawkins. They lost BJ Taylor, and then they lost Taco Fall. They lost four really good starters. Was there a better, just like improved player from their first year to their senior than Taco Fall? I don't think, I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to really think of somebody that leaps to mind, at least in this modern era. You know, no. you could go back and look at guys in the 70s and 80s that made a lot of progress, but in this, you know, kind of modern day era, you don't see that. You don't see that no. project that comes in, stays, gets better, gets stronger. Stays is the key. Yeah. You, you know, what we've noticed though, that kids that do stay, we'll look at them. And that, let's say they average two or three a game. Their senior year, they're averaging 11 or 12. I mean, if they'll stay. If yeah. they'll stick it out and do it. Now, Taco did everything. He, You're right. He was the exception. We couldn't even run up down the court. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> They'd take him out after a second trip It'd be down. like me down there trying yeah. to run him down, well, down the, the court. Well, the one thing that shocked me, and y'all, and you know his senior year, and, and Jaden Garner gets 35 on him. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that was there. a wild game last year. Yes, it was. Yeah. He got 35, and that, that was Taco. I mean, he just threw it. He just took it to him. Amazing. UCF has won, I think, eight in a row over the Pirates, or gunning yeah. for their eighth in a row over the right. Pirates here tonight. They're uh, trying to snap a, a, win, a overall three-game losing streak. They also uh, are here for the first time since 2017. Yeah, uh, schedule. To me, this is a one that both ought to play each other twice a year. I agree. I think you should play everybody on the East Coast twice a year. Yeah. I just do in your time zone. I just feel that way, uh, but it just hadn't worked out that way. But the truth is, uh, this this should be a good ball game. 
Uh, I like their coaching staff. Robbie Lang's on their staff, who was at Campbell, and he is a oh, wonderful yeah. coach. He's been with Johnny Dawkins the whole time, four years. And Vince Taylor yes. is on their staff, who was one of my heroes it's, when I was in the second grade. If I get a chance, I'm going I'm to grab him. I used to do his ball handling drills. I saw the basketball camp when I was – six years old you know i tell him that he was at, he was at duke when duke wasn't very good that's right and he was their star yes and, and he was uh, a good player he was a they... great player he really was <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Was. and so it's a good staff and uh, and like i say this game tonight who hits the threes who gets the rebounding done uh does Jaden have a big night because they're going to have to do something with him i don't know who's going to handle him tonight for them i would think it would go to Ing- maybe ingram from Alabama, who's used to physical play. Yeah. So that should be a good matchup. This is a, a little more, fav- more favorable matchup for Jaden, uh, you, you believe, coming into tonight? I think so. Uh, they've got numbers now. They can come after you with different kids. But I think with uh, Ingram, he's six six. He's a strong kid. He averages seven rebounds a game. He's going to come after you pretty physical. And, and Jaden's going to go after him physically. So it should be a good matchup. Cy Seymour is uh, here with us. Cy will be uh, on the network in a little over an hour from now. We're leading you in the network coverage tonight. Patrick Johnson and TJ Long with you from uh, – Smith Williams Complex here, just outside of uh, Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. The uh, ECU Athletic Hall of Fame is where we are. To- Commissioner Resco is coming on the show tomorrow. Good. What do you What do you want to know from him from a basketball perspective? You know what? I don't question him at all. No, I was talking to somebody about this he today. is the best commissioner in college sports. He's no. he's really savvy when it comes to the media deal, and we're going to talk to Austin Cox in the six uh, the six thirty half hour about. You know, depending on who's added, football and otherwise, where that media deal is is a subject for renegotiation. So we'll have more on that in a little the, bit. But he, he has really done a fine job representing the league and kind of carrying the banner for it. But if there has to be something, though. You're a basketball well, guy. You know, you from wonder a bas- who you, from a basketball perspective, what would you like to see a little different? Uh, truthfully, I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see, and he. But see, he doesn't have any control over this. I would like to see scheduling better for trips and things, time of games, things along that. But he can't control that. That's ESPN. Right. He's got a key TV contract. That's not him. I really don't have anything right. to complain about with what we're doing. Who is he going to add? He may not add anybody. I can Let me explain to you about this guy. He's going to do what's right for this league. That's what you have to understand. Right. The move to the West was surprising. I would ask him why the move to Texas. Yeah. But, but there's a reason. Well, first, first of all, Connecticut's leaving. That's part of it. Right. But there's a reason he did it, and it's I guarantee. You're talking about moving the conference offices to, from to, to Providence, Dallas, to, Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah, and the tournaments there for three straight years. In, in is uh, that going to be good? I, that's what I don't know. I, yeah. I would ask him. You know, what do you think about the move there? What about the tournament? The tournament's a billion. That, that, that facility is a billion dollar arena. It's uh, Dickie's jeans and all. Mm, yeah. Yep. It's a really supposed to be a special place. Now, is it better off moving? to a place where it's there consistently for more than one year as opposed to moving around? You know, I don't know. I, I always, This is just me. I liked it in Memphis because it was central at location, and it's got a good airport. People can get in and out of there. But it's too much an advantage to Memphis now. When you've got these other teams in here, right. they're saying, whoa, 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 we're getting four or five teams in. I don't want to play at Memphis. So what about Nashville? I mean, you're still close to Memphis, but I mean. Middle of the country. I, you know what? I, I I would love to sit in Philadelphia, and it doesn't have to be in. That'd be a great, just a, a great city right, to have it in. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's a big enough city. You could play it at Palestra. You could play it somewhere other than Temple, and so you're not in their home. I, that's me. That, you could get up and go for a little jog in the morning, run up the steps, and, right. and pump your fists up there. That's right. Yep. But, but listen, I'm telling you, 
Mike Oresco, to me, is, I think he's the guy that this conference got $6 million instead of everybody else getting 400000 500000 right. He has done one whale of a job as the commissioner of the American. We're going to talk to him a lot about football, obviously, yeah, sure. tomorrow in, in Boise State, and we're going to talk to uh, Austin Cox about that uh, coming up in a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost like you, do you – you gotta, I think you gotta get a twelve football. I just think you have to, but you may not have to in basketball. You may not have to. It may not have to be an all sports participant, you know. So that does make the thing with football a little more interesting. But to me, you know, I, I just don't know right now if there's that good basketball fit out there. Well, and I'll tell you this: if it's been thought about, he's thought about it. Sure. So that's what I like. There's no telling what he'll do, but I can assure you, it will be in the best interest of this league. Yeah. And, and like I say, I, I don't have a clue. Uh, size, you look at the game tonight as we come back to that. Uh, just some thoughts on, you know, keys to the game, what the Pirates need to do to, to come out of here with a victory. I mean, I, again, I really think tonight ECU should – this is a should win in my It's a winnable game, yeah. but every game's hard. They're underdogs no, yeah, going no in. They're three-and-a-half yeah. dogs. Yeah. This is going to be a hard one. Do you hit the threes when you need to? Well, if you hit 18 like TJ was yeah, talking I'm about with the TJ. Break, I'm with yeah. TJ. I'm with well, TJ. I'm with TJ. you got to set your goals a little bit higher. We've been talking about if we can get to 10, and, and we've been at four. So let's go to 18, and we get 10, we're well, good. But you do have to hit those shots tonight. you, you got to hit some threes. But ECU is good in this building when they defend, and they're tough to beat in this building when they defend. They really, We're going to defend. We're going to play hard. We're going to defend. But what we do uh, on the offensive end, do you get them in foul trouble, things along that line. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you for coming by. It's always great to see you. Always good to see what you guys. What time does Thank the bird what take off tomorrow? Because that's two thirty. They've moved it up. We're going to practice down at Tulane. It was going to be a five o'clock, and now I just heard that it's going to be two thirty. So this is the turnaround. This is the quick turnaround. Wow. The first one this year, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you get back home Saturday. That's the good news. I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you for what you guys do. Great to Thank see you, you Cy. Okay, right. guys. There he is, Cy Seymour, with us uh, here. All right, let's take a timeout. When we return, uh, we will have uh, Brian Mall. Uh, and uh, we also will uh, have been updating on what's going on here in just a moment. Patrick Johnson Show. You're listening to the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Ben Barm here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. East Carolina baseball junior Alec Burleson earned his fourth preseason All-America honor after being selected as a first-teamer by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, the organization announced earlier today. Burleson, who was named to five All-American squads in 2019, is regarded as one of the top two-way players in the country after being named a finalist for the 2019 John Olrud National Player of the Year Award. College hoops throughout North Carolina tipping off at 7, Charlotte hosts U. Tep, the 49ers are three and a half point favorites. UNC Wilmington matches up against Elon, the Seahawks three and a half point favorites. And Appalachian State battles Texas Arlington, the Mountaineers one point underdogs. In the American Conference at seven, Cincinnati travels to Wichita State, the Shockers four and a half point favorites. Tulsa hosts UConn, the Huskies three and a half point underdogs. And at nine, 25th ranked Houston takes on Tulane, the Green Wave are 17 point underdogs in that matchup. In high school hoops, one lone local team competing tonight as JP2 competes in their conference tournament against Wayne Country Day tonight at 7.30. 
In NFL news, six-time Pro Bowl safety for the Los Angeles Rams, Eric Whittle announces his retirement and big trades from the NBA trade deadline. The Timberwolves have made a major change to their core as Minnesota is sending Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors for guard D'Angelo Russell. Additionally, the Wolves are sending a 2021 protected first-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick to Golden State, while the Warriors are sending Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman to Minnesota. And the, and the Detroit Pistons era for Andre Drummond, Drummond appears to be over. ESPN reports the Cleveland Cavaliers are finalizing a deal to bring the former All-Star center to Ohio. Drummond is being traded for guard Brandon Knight, center John Henson, and a second-round pick. Fear 94 through the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. The big hen is here. Henry Hinton joining us here at our uh, ECU Hall of Fame. Boy, you've been a busy guy here. Are we on? We, we are. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> How are you, big hen? What's up, guys? Good to see you. We're getting ready for Pirate Hoops tonight. Yeah, I'm ready. Is it raining out there uh, yet? The, the, team, the Central Florida team came in. I just I was going to try to snag you an interview with Johnny Dawkins, but I think he got by you there. He's, he's quick. We were still talking about it. He looks. <laughs> he still looks, <laughs> looks like he could play. Like he could play a little bit. No, he's old. I don't know. Uh, he could be. He could. He could. He could take TJ to the hoop. If that's what well, I think he could yeah. do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so you remember Johnny Dawkins as a player? Were you still covering? Uh, I, I think the he ACC? probably played when I was doing ACC basketball. Yeah. Pretty good, huh? By the way, I was just listening to you guys driving over here, uh, and I heard Sai say suggest that the tournament be moved to the Palestra. Mm-hmm. I've done a game. Of <laughs> you don't want the tournament in the Palestra. And he especially doesn't want it. That's the worst place I've ever done a bat. Well, maybe not the worst, but it's it's pretty bad. When, uh, during my ACC radio days, uh, I don't remember being anywhere much worse than the Palestra. Is there, is there a little sickness in your family? Is that what yes, you're telling us? There is. My wife is under the weather tonight. Oh, I'm here alone tonight. I'm single tonight. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first game I've been doing a long time without my wife. And it has not been confirmed to be the coronavirus, correct? No, she does not have the coronavirus. Okay. Are you um, – you just got bronchitis. Do you have a guest tonight, or, or how's that? Or are you just sort of winging it tonight? No, I'm uh, I'm, I'm single tonight. Totally. I mean, what do you got in mind? I mean – No, I, I'm just – I'm trying <laughs> to confirm what's going on here. So. No, I, I'm, I'm, I just came over to eat. I heard they got barbecue up there. I was shocked oh, really? to hear that. Yeah. Shocked to hear that. Shocked to hear that. Shocked to hear that. Shocked to hear that. It's like an every club was serving barbecue. Really? Barbecue? Whoa. There's something different. Who's in charge of that? I gotta get, we got to get, uh, we, we gotta get uh, uh, Mark Hessert. Well, there was, I, I don't know who where this was going, but the, the crew that was bringing in some food, yeah, there might be more of it on that floor over there than was on the plates really? tonight. Yeah, there was a lot of that's not good. A lot of spillage earlier. There are some celebrities that are going to be here tonight. Okay, I, uh, I, I knew you would know this. Speaker of the House Tim Moore is attending the game tonight. Is that okay. right? Yeah, he's in town today. Uh, I heard that the state auditor was in town today, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think I don't think she was here because of basketball. 
Well, let me, since you brought it up, let's. She might have been here because of Brain Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any banners flying out over the arena? I didn't see tonight? any banners tonight. No. So, since you bring this up, I, I will go there because I think you can explain it a no, lot I better than. No, please than, don't. You really want to do that? Well, what's going on? What's the sort of latest in there? Is, is well, the, uh, you're talking about the trustees controversy. The issue with the two trustees, and, um, and you've got uh, a group, the Senate faculty. Has essentially said we the Senate they faculty, be, yeah, twenty five hundred students, uh, News and Observer editorial, and um, and the UNC Board of Governors Governance Committee yesterday said nothing to see here. Move along, right? Uh, I, I'm hearing that the full board has more interest in okay. this, and they meet at ten tomorrow morning. You probably are aware that the ECU Board of Trustees were supposed to meet tomorrow, which I thought how convenient. You know, they scheduled. They, they has scheduled, that been canceled? The Vern Davenport, the chair of the Board of Governors, has canceled the meeting here so he and others can attend. And I'm, I am told, I learned this afternoon uh, a little piece of information that the student in question that is on the that is on the uh, infamous tape now that she the is, young lady she is going to attend the meeting in Chapel Hill tomorrow with her attorney. Oh. So I mean, if they're going to just ignore all of that, they're going to ignore it with her in the room. Which is going to be pretty uh, awkward. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, this board of governors group is uh, is very disappointing. At the end of the day, it's another case of down here, ECU to the eyes of everybody else in the state looks like a bunch of dysfunctional derelicts. Well, that's that's what we always hear. Yeah, you know, we always hear that. You know, can't you guys down there get along? You guys are all a bunch of uh, one of the board of governors members called us all petulant children. And, of course, you know, I've been pushing back on that, saying if you look at every single controversy that's happened, every controversy that's happened has been a common thread in every single one of them. And, I, you know, and it frustrates me to no end because the reality of it is, I've, I've always said, if you, want a, uh, if you want to fight the folks of East Carolina University, you better bring a big sword because we're going to stick together. And we have stuck together down here. I mean, we've got what we have here because of the efforts of people who've stuck together. I get, and, and to say that you know we're you know that that we can't get along. I mean, again, it's a common thread. We were all getting along before you know that that, that all started happening three well, years. Well, here's what I here's what irritates me about this. By the way, one of the great receivers in ECU history has just walked by our broadcast table. The great Tim Dameron. The great Tim Dameron. Who caught one? How many passes did you catch your senior year? <laughs> he was Carl Summerell's favorite receiver, the first quarterback from ECU to ever play in the NFL. Oh yeah, okay. You know they had a lot of yards after the catch back then, though, because there were three three receptions. It was not they ran a big the, vertical. I don't, like, I, don't think, I don't think Dameron. Did <laughs> Dameron wasn't one of those guys who get a lot of yards after the. Henry Hinton's here with us. The, My the, neighbors are here too. I like being out here where I can see everybody. Yeah. So. The last thing I'm going to say about uh, this is for the Board of Governors to talk about where well, we're spending too much time on this. Mm -hmm. They kind of created it. Well, that's what, I, that's what I've been saying to any one of them that has said things like that to me. I'm like, you know, you guys created this. Yeah. I mean, for you guys to, to, to put us down and say we can't get together and we're petulant children and everybody down here wants to be the big man on campus, the Board of Governors created this situation. And they should be ashamed of themselves for doing it. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. As for basketball tonight. Yes, let's talk about something. What, what is uh, – Get me off that. I've been on the phone with people about this all day. What do the Pirates got to do tonight, Big Ken? Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Central Florida. I just know that uh, Taco Bell is not there. 
I mean, he's gone, isn't he? Thank God. He I mean, is. Yes. He was here a while. So, I mean, I heard you guys talking about this being, and I heard Sai say that, you know, it's certainly a winnable game. Um, I, I don't know. Central Florida is one of those programs that just seems to reload every now and then. They, You know, they brought Pirate some. Club chairman of the board, Tim Martin, has walked by our broadcast. This is awesome to sit out See, here. See, this is great. <laughs> You need yeah. to come out here he and blew right by us. He didn't want to make any comments. <laughs> he did not want to make any comments. He's <laughs> heading to the barbecue. He is. <laughs> Anything that you want to say about it? <laughs> now, can you confirm there's barbecue tonight? I've heard. I've heard. I'm I've shocked. Heard. I don't know. All right. We got We have a phone guest. We have to go to our phone guest. It's oh. great to see you, though, Big Head. This is, this is it for me? <laughs> this is it for you. I mean, <laughs> Where are you going to be tomorrow on, for the talk of the time? Uh, we're going to be at the, at the annual Give Kids a Smile Day tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is one of the big events that happens in this town every year. You will get all the celebrities on We'll tomorrow. have all the celebrities. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be the very place where uh, my feud with Scotty Montgomery started. <laughs> 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 when Scotty sat down. You know, he didn't know he was going to be interviewed. He sat down, and I said, "You're going to be my neighbor." And and then we got off the air, and he went, I, "I don't want you to tell people where I live." And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize that." And then he bought a three million dollar house, <laughs> which he did not sell for three million. I know. What <laughs> enough wins in it? And there weren't. You no, know, there weren't enough wins in it by far. <laughs> there weren't enough wins. I, 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 in joke, it by far. I, I joke. I didn't have a feud with Scotty. We were friends. But, um, yeah. you know, tense friends with Louis friends. You were, well, that's all right. That's okay. It's right. great to see you. It's you, good to be you here. look thank so you. good despite Thank your... you for having me on. It's great. I'm going to go check and see if there's barbecue. Hey, let us know if there's <laughs> let, any let barbecue over there. All right, there he goes. Henry Hinton uh, has uh, taken off. All right, uh, we got to get one more break in here. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the phone. So Brian Mull's been waiting patiently, and I know Brian's braved some weather to get to where he is so he can get on the phone with us. Uh, here, of course, uh, wrote a really great article uh, from uh, the uh, Houston, but also ECU perspective for uh, Forbes.com when he was here last week or a couple weeks ago for the Houston game. Brian, are you there with us? I am, Patrick. How are you, sir? Doing well. When the boss rolls up, you have to put him on the air, uh, Brian. So <laughs> that's why we that. had to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, you've got uh, a few thoughts on this uh, tonight, Johnny Dawkins and uh, UCF and uh, ECU and Joe Dooley. And uh, uh, give us your perspective of this game. A tough one that the Pirates, quite frankly, I think should have won Saturday in Philly. Yeah, uh, need to bounce back. Uh, a couple of poor shooting performances in a row for ECU. And you know, certainly UCF is known for its defense year in and year out under Dawkins and this year is no exception but they've had a hard time putting the ball in the basket too there may not be 10 three-pointers made in this game between the two teams but if one team can't get hot from the perimeter that may be the difference I think it'll be a pretty low scoring kind of grinded out defensive game but I think it's a good matchup for Gardner you know they don't they have a you know 6'11 center kind of match up with Coleman and then They've basically got a 6'6", 200-pound four-man, so uh, Jaden should be able to take advantage of that matchup. Uh, it's great to have uh, with us on the phone Brian Mull, uh, Forbes.com, uh, also part of Joe Lenardi's team at ESPN. Other outlets as uh, well wrote a uh, sensational article on the Pirates on uh, Forbes, and uh, it is uh, really uh, uh, great to have Brian on uh, with us uh, here. Uh, as you look at uh, Tremont Robinson White, you know that's an area where I think Joe Dooley had some real questions coming out of the Houston game. I don't know if he answered some of those questions, but there was a little bit of a, a possible emergence uh, for him on uh, Saturday up at the Temple as far as scoring the basketball. Yeah, played much better, and it's expected that there would be some inconsistency in his first season trying to kind of gain the hold of the offense and understand exactly what Joe wants and uh, where his teammates 
thrive and how they can how he can help them you know perform at their best and get good shots but uh, the, you know the bottom line is you have to make some shots from the perimeter uh, I don't know if uh, Jackson's status I know he missed the uh, Temple game and he's supposed he's to be back can... tonight Brian so I think he's going to return uh, to the lineup tonight what we're hearing and, and that's good uh, for ECU obviously they, they've got to uh, they've got to give a little bit of a perimeter element to be able to uh, you know match what Gardner's been able to give them night in and night out or He's just going to get more and more attention inside. Uh, yeah, Robinson White needs to finish finish strong in the last month if ECU is going to show some progress. Hey, uh, Brian Moles on the phone with us here. Uh, we've got Duke UNC uh, Devils number seven. Uh, this is coming up Saturday. UNC has struggled this year. The game's in Chapel Hill, uh, so you know they'll be fired up. Uh, and uh, the hype machine is on. It's always going to be on. Uh, but it, you know, despite that, is the is the luster maybe off of this one a little bit this year because. Uh, UNC really is not kind of holding up their end of that uh, Battle of the Blues uh, uh, battle? Yeah, you know, we've been spoiled. We've had so many great top five or top ten matchups, uh, games that were, you know, going to play a big role in ACC regular season champion and determining that or number one seed in the East or whatever. And this year, you know, that's just not the case. Carolina's kind of hoping to, to salvage its season. I think any any opportunity the uh, Tar Heels may have had to, to rally and and gain an at-large berth went down the tubes in the last 20 seconds against Boston College the other the other afternoon, and, and then of course losing at Florida State. I don't see any path for the Tar Heels to uh, to to get an at-large bid now, but they could certainly salvage and you know anytime they could. I think a lot of UNC fans would be happy if they could beat Duke once this year and feel like that was um, you know a success in, in some way. Well, I think their best bet to get them is going to be at uh, at home Saturday, so we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Hey, one more thing I wanted to mention, uh, Brian, and this really, it's it's some in-state news. It's kind of interesting. This had been uh, bantied about a little bit, whispered about, and then uh, it was finally reported uh, it, you know, by the Greensboro uh, newspaper today uh, that uh, North Carolina A&T is leaving the MEAC and going to the Big South. Uh, so that's kind of following Hampton there. And that MEAC conference, you know, North Carolina Central's in that. Uh, it was already kind of a tenuous situation. A&T, uh, who Pirate fans know very well because of what happened in football a few years ago, has had a good football tradition. They've won uh, that Celebration Bowl many years in a row. Uh, they've had, uh, I think, maybe a 20-win basketball season in the last few years. I know they've been to an NCAA tournament in the last 15 years. So now all of a sudden, uh, that the MEAC has kind of lost two prestigious NCAA tournament-quality programs. Yeah, they really have. I mean, A&T has been a, been a solid program through the, through the years and uh, looking to, uh, you know, they're kind of in an interim coach situation right now, so they'll be looking to make a hire and find the right person to carry them into the Big South. And, uh, it's, yeah, tough blow for the MEAC. North Carolina Central left kind of hanging without their rival. I hate it for Lavelle Moton, uh, who's just a sensational human being and a really good coach. And I, and I hope Lavelle Moton could kind of, you know, you hate to see a coach leave somewhere. And I know he's got a lot of history at Central. But he's, you know, I just with the future of that conference, he's almost too good of a coach to kind of hang around a situation that's so uncertain, and you hope somebody will give him a shot. Uh, Brian, anything else on the docket uh, tonight through the weekend that uh, Hoops fans should be paying attention to? Uh, nothing, nothing too uh, too crazy. Uh, big couple of big mid major games in the in the region. Uh, William and Mary and the College of Charleston getting together, but uh, nothing, nothing too 
too earth shattering. Just everybody moving along and keeping an eye on Joey Brackets. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Patrick. All right, there he goes, Brian Mull, uh, Forbes.com. That was a great article that uh, he wrote. Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back, uh, wrap up this hour. We still have a half hour to go where uh, C. Austin Cox is going to join us from the AAC Daily, plus a lot more. Uh, we'll come back and uh, wrap up this hour of the Patrick Johnson Show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it for the gram. Doing it for the gram. Like our brand new 94.3 The Game Instagram page for photos from our shows, all the events we cover, pirate game days, and all the hashtags, pics, and videos from around the pirate nation. That's 94.3 The Game and our brand new page now on Instagram. The Patrick Johnson Show. He's the perfect stud muffin. He's a menace to society. Every weekday at 5 on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back in. A few more minutes before we wrap up the top of the hour. And then uh, next half hour, C. Austin Cox is going to join us. TJ is going to go get some food. Or barbecue. Come, yeah, barbecue from yep. what I understand. And then he's going to uh, come back for the final segment of the show. Uh, we're going to 630 here tonight on the Patrick Johnson Show, leading you into uh, Jeff and Sai as they bring you network coverage tonight of ECU and UCF. Uh, Jaden Gardner talking this week about the matchup. Against the uh, Knights, this is what uh, the Pirates' leading score and the Conference's leading score had to say. Colin Smith uh, from the post and um, Charles have a tall task, and I think he's up for it. We uh, had to guard their guards. Uh, they basically run four guards and one day. So it's going to be a challenge. Uh, this is Joe Dooley, uh, Cut 9 Ben, talking about uh, Jaden's performance against Temple, which was a little down. Mathematical odds. I mean, uh, I don't care who you are. You're not going to play great every game. And I still thought he played a good, solid game. I thought he got a little sped up on offense. But um, you know, I just think it was one of those things. And he missed a couple, you know, a couple shots he usually makes percentage-wise. But he'll bounce back. And he'll be fine. And then Tremont Robinson White's big game against Temple. Joe's thoughts on that? He's. I mean, he's still away. I mean. It, there's some things that he still doesn't feel comfortable doing. And I thought he, he showed some spurts and some glimpses and some, you know, some deals the other day. I thought he looked faster and he looked, but, you know, he's engaged. If he can start doing some things offensively, not getting 21, but if he can just put pressure on people, I think that would really help him. Pirate football rounded out their uh, recruiting class day, at least the high school uh, recruits, with the uh, announcement uh, as it came in late yesterday uh, and the official announcement earlier today, Robert Kennedy, a defensive uh, back out of uh, the Pennsylvania uh, area. He's a JUCO guy going to come in. So uh, the uh, 2020 uh, class rounding out. I think uh, Coach is going to uh, have something special at halftime for uh, those following uh, signing day. So I think that'll be a pretty uh, cool thing tonight. So another reason to have a good crowd here tonight. It looks like, at least from where we're sitting in this entranceway into the arena, uh, it seems to be pretty steady. And uh, usually yeah. when it's been pretty steady, we've had some good crowds here, TJ. Yeah, crowds been, people been coming in, so that's good. Maybe trying to get ahead of the, the rain, but it might slide around us a little bit and give them a little extra time. Is that the official uh, 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 TJ degree guarantee? Well, it'll be that? like all the other men. You know, we'll just take a stab at it, and if I'm wrong, At 300 bit. and make big money. I <laughs> that's know. right. It's that's like, right. like baseball players in a lot of ways. That's right. Uh, in, in that uh, – respect there all right uh c austin cox joining us when we come back we're going to talk about the situation with boise 
That'll be interesting to hear. It will be as he goes uh, into detail on that. He's the host of the AAC Daily Podcast, so we appreciate Austin taking a few minutes. Uh, C. Austin Cox will join us uh, here coming up in just a a moment on the Patrick Johnson Show, and uh, TJ will be back with us uh, after that interview. Uh, TJ's going to get some grubbage, and he'll come back and give us some of his keys uh, to the game. So don't you dare go away. We have uh, for you another action-packed half hour of the Patrick Johnson Show on this Thursday. Pirate Hoops later tonight, UCF in town, and as uh, we continue our special uh, 90-minute edition of the Patrick Johnson Show, leading into uh, network coverage at the bottom of the hour here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We uh, go to the phone lines now, where uh, C. Austin Cox, AAC Daily, uh, a great podcast Monday through Friday that talks about any and everything in the American Athletic Conference, joins us on the phone. My first chance to talk to him. I'm excited about this, uh, and uh, we hope uh, we don't scare Austin off here uh, during the course of the interview but it's great to talk to you austin and thank you so much man for taking a few minutes with us here on this thursday oh patrick thanks so much for having me on the show love talking ecu and of course love talking about the americans all right so i I know you you talk about you're in the cincinnati area have you been to greenville have we gotten you down here yet how can we work this out to to get you to greenville for a football game or something you know i I have not and uh, i'll tell you what it's one of the uh, it's a bucket list, to say the least. I've got to get down there because seeing Dowdy Stickland Stadium on, on TV, uh, everybody has said it doesn't do it justice, which makes my mouth water that much more because it's a beautiful stadium, especially when it's packed. Of course, there's been some issues the past few years, yeah, but yeah. I am eager to get down there. Well, let's let's try to make it happen. I don't know if you want to do it the next time the Bearcats come to town, which would be in two years, or if, if you just want to come down on any old time. But you let us know. We'll do everything we can to make sure you're uh, well taken care of uh, uh, next football season. It'd be great to have you in town uh, at a game. And uh, it's a tough pirate slate next year uh, as well. Uh, Austin Cox with us. AAC Daily, a great podcast. Wherever you download your favorite podcast, you can get this one. Uh, Talking about everything and anything in the the American, I guess the big uh, one of the big buzz items here to to bring it to this week uh, is uh, right there, kind of in your backyard, Luke Fickle. Uh, there's been a little bit of uh, scuttlebutt that maybe he might go to Michigan State. He's denied this. Of course, he was being asked all this. I think uh, either before or on signing day yesterday. Uh, so you know, kind of odd timing and awkward timing for him. But as you look at uh, you know, his future and what he's done at Cincinnati, uh, is that a possibility? Well, I'll tell you what, Patrick, it's one of those things where, as you know, you, you follow this stuff very closely. Anything is a possibility, especially when those dollar signs start appearing. But sure, yeah. it feels like, and, and, and again, this is just how it feels, that he's not going anywhere just yet. And, uh, of course, we're following the story closely over the AAC Daily, as everyone has been the last, 24 hours or ever since Mark Antonio announced his retirement. It, it's just one of those things where if he leaves, a lot of people believe it has to be for the right place. And Michigan state just doesn't feel like the right place for him just yet. You know, the, the, the who, regardless of who takes Michigan state, it's a timing issue too. This is kind of a tough time of year to be switching jobs. Certainly. I mean, when you look at the fact that, uh, Mark announced his retirement less than 24 hours before signing day. And as you mentioned, uh, you had Luke Dickel on radio with our friends over there at ESPN talking about 
uh, he, he wants to talk about recruiting. Wants to talk about his amazing signing class. He signed four, or excuse me, three four stars yesterday. And of course, everybody wants to ask the same thing. What about Michigan State? Right. Yeah. And as, as he said, he hadn't been in contact with them at all. And you just got to wonder, you know, what does that mean? Does it mean that he hasn't been in contact with them yet? Are they going down their their checklist? It's it's one of those things you got to keep an eye on. But the timing, as you mentioned, Patrick. A shocker, I think, not just for everybody in college football, especially up there in Lansing for those Spartans fans. Uh, we're talking with uh, Austin Cox. AAC Daily is the podcast. He covers the American as a whole like nobody else. Whenever we get that American network, like the ACC network or the SEC network, Austin Cox has to be in the middle of it because he covers every single school uh, and uh, really follows everything that goes on across the league. And that's no easy task uh, with uh, the way the Americans footprint uh, is one of the big uh, stories, Austin, uh, and it all centers around football. It always seems to be the case is uh, Boise State in the Mountain West and some rancor that has developed there. I followed your Twitter account, uh, and we'll let you give that shout-out here in just a second. But, uh, you know, following you, you've really been on top of this. Where can folks find you on Twitter? And then can you maybe go through a little bit of uh, the chronology from where all this started to where we are now with Boise in the Mountain West? Uh, Absolutely. And, of course, if you want to give me a follow over there on Twitter, you can just hit me up at C underscore Austin underscore Cox. And, uh, you know, I try to do my best to keep the editorialization down, but I can't help myself sometimes, as you know, Patrick. And the, the situation with Boise State, it has been, it, it's been crazy. It's been a roller coaster, to say the least. Of course, dating back to 2012, Boise State was supposed to join the then Big East at the time with San Diego State. They got a, a, a sweetheart of a deal from the Mountain West. The Mountain West saw the writing on the wall. They wouldn't be able to, to be sustainable without Boise State, of course, with their success in the Fiesta Bowls and during the old BCS period. But then, you know, people like money, and it always comes down to money. And Boise State was making uh, double, we'll say, an approximation. It, previously, they were making more than double with an additional $1.8 million a year on their TV contract with ESPN. And, you know, Colorado State, Air Force, they didn't like that too much. And new commissioner Craig Thompson, he's really not a fan of it. And he said, this is the last time that Boise State will be able to negotiate their TV contract separately. And that's, just to clarify, it's only for home games for Boise State. And yeah, let, let, let's, re, let's revisit well that now. point. I'm sorry, Austin. Let's revisit that point and make it real clear there. Oh, no. Just if you're listing Austin Cox with us, the AAC Daily, Boise's TV deal called for them to be able to negotiate either five or their complete home game schedule, the rights deal as far as TV, totally separate from anything that the conference had as a TV deal. Is that, yeah. is that the, is that the simplest way to put it? That's probably, yeah, the, the, the best way to put it. And of course the big East didn't want to let that happen. And that's how Boise state ended up staying in the Mountain West originally. Gotcha. Back gotcha. On, I believe it was 2012. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Would, well, I'll, I'll ask well, you about. I'll, I'll ask you. Oh, go I was going to say I'll ask you about the American part of that in a second because uh, I would imagine if the AAC were a landing spot, that would also be uh, a non-starter. Uh, so from that point there, yep. Boise returns. The new contract is up. Uh, there's a better media deal for that conference as a whole, and that's where we are right now because Boise says it violated the spirit of their agreement to return. Pretty much. It's the situation now that 
you, they they are able to negotiate, which they just did their deal separately, as we as you mentioned the uh, the five to six home games. But they, they're not going to be able to do it any further. And if they were to, and I, I got to jump into it because it's a speculation that I know you've been talking about. Of course, your listeners, I'm sure, are eager to know is what happens if Boise State were to jump into the American because I, I've been surprised myself by this, Patrick, that a lot of people thought that maybe Boise State would want a separate deal when they join the American, but they don't simply because they wouldn't need it. Right, that yeah. money was purely supplemental. Um, Austin Cox with us. Has Boise sued the, the Mountain West? There is currently an open lawsuit against the Mountain West for essentially a, a violation or uh, a renege on the contract that the Mountain West agreed to because that was in perpetuity, which, as we all know, that's forever. And the Mountain <laughs> West doesn't want to do it forever now. That is the definition of perpetuity, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that violated that agreement. Um, and right now, where, where are they? I mean, I guess the lawsuit you say is open. It's pending on some level, I'm sure there's negotiations going on behind uh, closed doors between Boise and the conference with that. uh, Is that an accurate observation? Uh, Absolutely, Patrick, because you're looking at it right now. And I I wish I could be a fly on the wall during these negotiations, just like I wish I could have been back in 2012, because the Mountain West can't afford, simply put, it cannot afford to lose Boise state, especially considering that it would be likely that would lose more than Boise State because once those floodgates open, what's to stop the Air Forces or the San Diego State from saying, this isn't a viable league anymore. We, we need to look at our best options. And that's one reason why I believe, and again, this is pure speculation, that the Mountain West will find some way to appease its prized pony, so to speak. Uh, Austin Cox, see Austin Cox uh, with us here, the American Daily uh, Podcast. It's always great to uh, have uh, him on with us here and uh, and hear him uh, very insightful following everything with uh, the American Athletic Conference. L- let's assume that nothing's able to be worked out. And again, it's certainly in the best interest of the Mountain West to be able to, to work out and appease Boise on some level. But let's just assume they can't figure out what they're going to, to do. Uh, does the American, is the, is the American likely become the landing spot for Boise? I love the scenario of the football, the other sports to me, that's an untenable deal, but I guess there's some discussion in all of this too, that those other sports could wind up in a totally different conference. Absolutely. In fact, Boise state has already reached out to multiple leagues in the area. And we don't know if that's potentially posturing because whenever you, in these kind of situations, you're going to do a little bit of that. You're going to do uh, make some moves that at least kind of kind of force somebody else's hand, and that's very possible to be what Boise State's doing at the moment. Uh, but you know, it would only make sense for Boise State to only join the American in football because you know ECU to go on travel to Idaho for baseball games. And I think it's the easiest way to put that. Right, sure, for, yeah. for all your listeners out there. Yeah, and looking at that. If they join in football, I mean, not to jump ahead of ourselves here, Patrick, but what's to stop the American from essentially, maybe not having it in writing, but essentially having that powers, or excuse me, that New Year's Six bid each and every year? 
it would make it would only make sense uh if that were the case so enter byu as well i guess that's where the byu part of this is is because they're obviously independent in football should they decide that it would be better for them to go the football route in conference they've already got a deal where they are playing i believe in the mountain west and all the other sports uh but uh football uh, west coast conference okay the west coast conference you're right my, my mistake there that's right because they just yeah. played gonzaga and st mary's uh here recently so yeah the west coast conference um so that that's already kind of taken care of you know again it's going to utah but i think that's te- that that's you know people could stomach that you can, you could stomach going from philadelphia to to provo uh, if it's every other year or once every few years, as the case would be east uh, to west, you know, those western teams, you know, Texas to Utah is not a, a, a too too bad a flight. So, uh, you know, I think that would re- Boise and or BYU would certainly raise the profile. You talk about a New Year's uh, six spot. Uh, could could the TV deal maybe be renegotiated if that were if, if either one of those programs enter in football? Uh, absolutely. In fact, when we had a rescue on the show last time, uh, he was, well, of course, I couldn't help myself. I had to keep asking. Patrick. I had to keep poking and prodding and, and asking, you know, what about expansion? And he said, we're always looking at it. We're, we're not going to talk about it, but we're always looking at it. And my next question was, of course, well, would the conference get more money? And he assured me that, yes, in fact, the, the contract is open to negotiation. Oh, wow. New teams and programs are brought in. Mike Oresco's when it comes to TV and media and rights fees is very sharp. I, I think he does not get enough credit from respective fan bases across this league. He he is sharp when it comes to that man. Well, he really is, and you know I don't want to sit here and, and you know just pump up our commissioner here in the American, but we're talking about a guy that's been a VP at CBS Sports, a VP at ESPN, still has connections with many of the personnel at those companies. I mean, the guy has the experience, and I don't think we could have asked for anybody better to be negotiating that deal when it came up. Uh, we've got uh, C. Austin Cox with us here, the AAC Daily uh, podcast. Uh, it's great to have Austin uh, on the phone with us uh, here, Patrick Johnson Show, on this uh, on this uh, Thursday. ECU and UCF coming up, network coverage at the bottom of the hour. As uh, we continue on here with uh, Austin, you can check out his podcast uh, every Monday through Friday. Uh, it is a, a great listen wherever podcasts are, are downloaded. It's always fun to kind of look, and the, the Americans actually, I think, in a really good spot here as someone who can uh, perhaps – let's just use the term rate other conferences rather than be rated. Uh, you know, there's always that possibility, I think, with some particularly out in the West. But, you know, if you look at uh, the they're gonna, you're going to have to have a 12 football member. I don't think there's any way around that. Um, whether that becomes an all sports member, we shall see. Do you like the idea of a, a potential 14 team league? In other words, adding three the aforementioned Boise and BYU, if we're, if we're playing, you know, uh, Kingmaker here uh, as football only, and then somebody who has football as the other sports member? I do, and, you know, I've, I've looked at it, and, of course, there's been talk about it and buzz about it, but if we were going to do that, I would have to at least hope that we could bring in three members, of course, one to replace UConn and the other two additional to bring us up to 14, and I would hope that they would all be out west. They basically okay. to give travel partners for whichever of those two teams. And you look at because you look at BYU and Boise State. We've talked about them and how the travel would be for those 
Texas schools. When you look at Boise State, I, I think the uh, closest school to Boise State is uh, Tulsa. They're mm-hmm. about 1,400 miles away. Mm-hmm. So you want to basically work to ensure that everybody's happy, strengthen those Western divisions, or excuse me, the Western division, and maybe set up a scheduling cycle similar to the ACC or SEC where, let's be real, sometimes you don't get those East and West schools in the SEC playing each other for four to five years sometimes. In football, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So what you're saying is maybe somebody like Tulane or Memphis moves to the East. And then that gives you, along with with Navy, and that gives you that uh, sort of opportunity to maybe add a third Western school in a sense. Yeah, the only problem, and this is a a bit of a hiccup here, is that uh, Navy relies heavily on being in the West, which a lot of people, it was a bit of a head-scratcher when Navy, located in Annapolis, joined the conference and was positioned in the West. A lot of people said, well, that doesn't make any sense at all, except for the fact that Navy requested that. They, they like the recruiting out there in the West, which is one of the reasons why they schedule games uh, out in California, why they played Notre Dame for a home game in San Diego, because, of course, they're recruiting for more than just football. They're recruiting for our nation's Naval Academy. And I would think that Navy would probably stay over there. So it's a little tricky when you start moving those pieces around, but I still think the state's bet is if you were going to bring in anybody – you bring in three, and you bring them from the West. Okay, because, you know, a lot of the talk on the East, uh, and, you, of course, you know this being in Cincinnati here, is uh, people will throw out App State, which I think would be a nightmare for ECU. It would be one of the worst things to happen to ECU. Charlotte, I, I still don't yeah. like that as an ECU fan, but uh, it's not quite as, I think, devastating potentially as, as Applewood. Of course it is, because Charlotte's in a major hotbed recruiting area. I actually like the ODU uh, thing. You know, the football stadium could be bigger, but it's a fertile recruiting ground. It gives you another state to put in the footprint and their facilities. And again, the football stadium is nice. It's just it needs they would need to add some seats or, or have the ability to add some seats potentially. But their basketball arena is one of the best in the country still. Uh, so, I mean, I think from a facility standpoint, uh, ODU would make a lot of sense. I got to agree with you there. If you were going to stick in the East, you'd want to go with an, an Old Dominion because the Monarchs, as you mentioned, they kind of add to that eastern footprint with that state of Virginia. But I, I'm with you on this one. I'm absolutely with you on this, Patrick. I don't understand why everybody keeps saying App State. I get that they've done well the past couple of years. They were just FCS not too long ago. They were the, the giant killers going into uh, Ann Arbor and beating Michigan back in the aughts. But now you, you, can't, you, you can't hinder your other members. And I think that's exactly what it would do with App State because they're not going to add that much. They're not going to add recruiting. They're not going to add exposure in the state. And on top of that, we saw what happened with UCF just a couple of years ago in 2017, not getting credit for history, even though, as you know, we look at these polls and the polls are supposed to be based on performance right now. Well, we wouldn't get any bump up in credibility or bump up in historical respect by adding a school like App State, and that's not to take a dig at the Mountaineers. They have done great stuff. They just would not be a, a great help to this league if they were added. Well, and, and it'd be just curtains for recruiting for ECU. I mean, it, it's already a tough, yeah. tough neighborhood with 
the the amount of D ones in this or FBS schools in this state. But uh, it, it to my in my opinion, it, it would it, you know it would it would give App a real advantage that right now they don't have. Uh, over at least ECU and, and, and possibly some others. Uh, Austin, we're, we're uh, got to get a break in, but I appreciate this so much, and I hope we can get you on, maybe talk a little bit before uh, March Madness, because, I mean, it's just not a football podcast, even though we've talked a lot about that. He covers everything in the American. So uh, let's get you on maybe around the time of the conference tournament and talk about some things as far as uh, basketball goes and, uh, and uh, continued success with the uh, AAC Daily. Hey, Patrick, appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on, and good luck to the Pirates as the year goes on. The podcast is AAC Today. That is C. Austin Cox. We appreciate him being on with us. Ben Byram with a look at all the college hoops action uh, tonight. And uh, we've got Pirate Basketball coming up at the bottom of the hour. Network coverage beginning as the Pirates host uh, UCF. Ben with an update, then a final word as we uh, get you ready for hoops tonight. Ben Barham here for your 94 through the game basketball update. At 7, Southern Miss taking on Marshall, the herd, 10.5 point favorites. ODU hosts Texas San Antonio, the Monarchs, 5.5 point favorites. In the American Wichita State battle Cincinnati, the Bearcats, 4.5 point underdogs. Tulsa hosts UConn, the Huskies, 3.5 point underdogs. At 8.24th ring, Colorado hosts California, the Buffalo, 17 point favorites. At 9.23rd ring, Arizona battles USC, the Wildcats are 11.5 point favorites. American matchup between 25th ring, Houston, and Tulane gets underway with the Cougars, 17-point favorites. The 11 second grade Gonzaga matches up against LMU. LMU, 26-point underdog. A plethora of trades throughout the NBA today before the NBA trade deadline. As the Wizards, Clippers, and Knicks engage in a three-team trade that will land Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas for the Clippers, Jerome Robinson joins the Wizards, and Mo Harkless and a 2020 first-round pick will go to the Knicks. Another three-team trade as the Heat are sending Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson to Memphis for Andre Iguodala, Jake Crowder and Solomon Hill. No draft picks or changing hands in the deal. Miami's still hoping to complete the three-team trade for Oklahoma City for Danilo Gallinari. The Minnesota Timberwolves have made a major change to their core. Minnesota is sending former number one overall pick Andrew Wiggins to the Golden State Warriors for guard D'Angelo Russell. Additionally, the Wolves are sending a 2021 protected first-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick to Golden State, while the Warriors are sending Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman to Minnesota. Wrapping it up, the Detroit Pistons era for Andre Drummond appears to be over as ESPN reports the Cleveland Cavaliers are finalizing a deal to bring the former All-Star center to Ohio. Drummond is being traded for guard Brandon Knight, center John Henson, and a second round pick. This season, Drummond is leading the NBA in rebounding while also averaging 17.8 points per game, two steals per game, and 1.7 blocks per game for the Pistons. He has played his entire eight-year NBA career for Detroit and is the number two rebounder in team history. For your 94 through the game basketball update, I'm Ben Barham. the uh, William Smith Athletic Hall of Fame uh, Center here. T.J. Long has rejoined me here as we wrap up the Patrick Johnson Show on this Thursday, ECU and UCF uh, tonight. T.J., when you look at uh, the matchup for those that uh, are on their way out here now that are braving the rain and uh, going to uh, to take in the game tonight, which we want people to come out here and indeed do, what stands out in your mind? 
Yeah, looking at uh, looking at UCF, you know, they've got a couple of good scores there at the top with uh, Colin Smith and uh, the Jesus, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, anytime you can try to take the top two guys out of what they do, that gives you a good chance of winning. And conversely, you know, Jaden's got to be Jaden and continue to do that, averaging uh, almost right at a, a double-double a game, which is really in- incredible. And um, so, you know, obviously what a year he's, he's having. But, you know, he's going to need some help. He needs somebody to – to really um, look for their shot, be aggressive offensively, and 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 hit some shots from the outside. It's, it's coming down to shooting as it has the last couple of games. Well, you know, TJ, I talked to some of the assistants here earlier today as we were getting ready for our uh, broadcast here, and I and uh, you know we were talking about the Temple game. This program will have turned a corner when they win a game like that. They they were supposed to win on the road. Yep. Uh, at Temple. Now, I think this applies a lot to tonight. Yes, absolutely. You're, in my opinion, at home in this building, you're the better team. We're the better team. So this, yeah, that, that's the next step. Where this is the game that we should win here tonight with, against UCF, a team that's struggling, a 500 team um, in Menjis. This is the this is the type of game. So if we don't get the the win on the road at Temple, this is the um, you know this is kind of the the in between step that we need to take. Well, it is a uh, game tonight that will be a, uh, a good one, no doubt. Uh, and uh, TJ, if you have a uh, uh, a couple of keys for the ECU Pirates, what are they going to be tonight? Well, I think we're going to have to hit some three-point shots, as always. Um, that's a um, you know, that's what we've been lacking. The games that we've won, we've shot the three well. The games that we've lost, we haven't shot it well. So, yeah, in my book, it and that's coming from a um, you know a, a, a guard's perspective, but I've, I've always been. If we hit those shots from three-point line, that's a big um, equalizer. As we always say, TJ will shoot them long because it yes. doesn't matter where the distance was, he had yep. full reign. If we can get there, if we can get the ball there, we're open. So that's how you do it. Good to see you, my man. Yes, sir. Enjoy the game tonight. TJ Long, thanks to him. Thanks to Cy Seymour for stopping by as well. Uh, also, uh, thanks to uh, Austin Cox with AAC uh, Daily, the uh podcast we appreciate him being on uh as well and everybody else who joined us uh here today uh big thank you to uh our technical uh guys uh we start with uh of course uh, cj powell here on site the great and versatile Derek alcorn Derek is everywhere Derek wasn't even on this assignment yet Derek was still here he's been pulled he's, off he's, he, well, no, he's omnipresent that's what he is <laughs> uh, also thanks to Ben Byron back in the studio tomorrow Patrick Johnson show will have audio for you from the post game tonight we'll be joined by the commissioner of the American Mike Oresco tomorrow and Nikki Novak from Fandango so a full show on Friday that gets you to the weekend edition enjoy the game network coverage coming up in just a moment as it's the Pirates and UCF enjoy the game everybody and good night from Greenville. Don't see